The Green Bay Packers were booed in front of their home fans at Lambeau Field after a forgettable performance on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. So what led to the boos? We'll ask Charlie Sakaitis, sports director for NBC26 in Green Bay. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Packers fans, welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're wrapping up a game against the Dallas Cowboys. Unfortunately, a loss, and to help us do that, we're joined this morning by a guest on the phone. Expert interview. He's Charlie Sakaitis. He's the sports director at NBC 26 in Green Bay. Mr. Sakaitis, how are you doing this morning? Doing pretty good, actually. Um, you know, I'm probably, <laughs> it would be a lot easier if the Packers had won last night, but everything else is going well, so let's talk some football. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, just for a chance for our listeners to get to know you, can, can you kind of, first of all, describe your role at WGBA in Green Bay? Yeah, no problem. Um, I am the sports director over there. I, uh, I'm our on-air anchor Monday through Friday, although this time of year I'm also working an awful lot of Sundays because, you know, football. <laughs> uh, I've been in Green Bay for a little over a year. I came down here from uh, Alaska, of all places. So just uh, enjoying the football, enjoying uh, everything Green Bay has to offer and doing that job of talking to pro athletes a lot. Were you at the game yesterday or in the studio? I was at the game yesterday. I am okay. at most of the games. The only game this whole year that I won't, or the only two I won't be at will be this coming up one in against Chicago and then the one in Philly. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, all right, well, let's break down this game. Uh, it, you know, it's been a long time since the Packers were booed at home, and, and yet if the season ended today, Charlie, the, the Packers would make the playoffs. So I guess, are, are these boos justified? Well, here's the thing. The Packers have been a very good team for about 25 years now. When you have two back-to-back -back great quarterbacks, that happens. And you win a lot of games, that happens. So fans are, I think, a little bit... Uh, in this town, I think fans of Green Bay around the world, because really it is a worldwide team, I think fans are used to a certain level of success. So I'm not entirely shocked. It's unfortunate that some people don't in, don't uh, see what this team has done over time and give them a little bit of slack that maybe they'll get it figured out and turn it around. But it also seemed to be a play-calling issue. They were booing the loudest when the Packers were running down two scores instead of throwing it around and trying to make up that ground. So I get it from the fans' point of view. I think that you know Green Bay Packer fans should feel pretty lucky about the team that they have this year and the team that they've had for a while. But that's the fans' purview. If they want to boo a little bit, 
They're allowed to boo a little bit. <laughs> One of the guys they were booing, I mean, uh, perhaps they didn't really want to, but Aaron Rodgers, he had a uh, an uneven performance, I guess, yesterday. Where do you fall on the Aaron Rodgers spectrum, and do you think he's going to break out of this streak of uneven play? I do think he breaks out of it at some point. Aaron Rodgers is both too good and still young enough that that shouldn't be we, we shouldn't be seeing, like, the end of Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that that's a thing that's going to happen right now, especially when you look at some of the way other great quarterbacks of his ilk uh, at an older age are still doing it, guys like Tom Brady and, you know, even until maybe the last year or two, Peyton Manning. And those are really his contemporaries when you talk about skill-wise. I imagine that Aaron Rodgers will get this thing figured out. Last night in his press conference, he, he added an interesting moment towards the end where he – he said he was just a bit – he has been just a bit off. I think that he's going to get this all figured out. He's, he's got the, too much talent, and he's too smart a guy to not get this thing turned around. I'm not sure what the problem is specifically. I, you know, I've watched football my whole life, but I don't know that I can totally diagnose that level of, of issue. I don't think that it's going to continue for the whole year, and I think that – the Bears might be the exact kind of thing that helps uh, cure what ails them. Um, well, in the Packers running game here, did, did Green Bay make a mistake by not carrying another running back on their roster coming into the Cowboys game? You know, I was thinking about that at the beginning of the game. I was concerned about it watching them as things went on. But I think they really do believe in Ty Montgomery and, you know, occasionally even Randall Cobb back there. And they were hopeful that they could just get through with Lacey and those two guys, uh, you know, doing some backfield work. I think that if we don't see another running back added, whether it's somebody off of the practice squad or whether they bring somebody in this week, then that'll tell you that they really they're not making those changes. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if you see a name pop up there. I, I think that you just need a little bit of depth there. And as good as some of those, some of the wide receivers can be catching screen passes and stuff like that out of the backfield, they're not built the same as these running back guys. They're just not quite that kind of body. Yeah, really interesting situation when they're basically down to Eddie Lacy as the only true halfback on the team yesterday. Uh, we're talking to Char- yeah, and then it's just not. It's it. It seems like they need somebody to spell him a bit. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we're talking to Charlie Sakaitis of uh, NBC Twenty Six here at Cheesehead TV's Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Charlie, uh, Ty Montgomery had arguably the biggest game of his still young career. Uh, do you think he remains a big part of the Packers' offense going forward now? I think what Ty did yesterday was really interesting, and it's funny because it was in the game where they were wearing these throwback uniforms last year that he got hurt. Montgomery has a lot of talent, and I think McCarthy uh, is just salivating over ways to get him involved with this offense. And I think you will see more and more of him getting some sort of usage with this team. I think that he's a guy that needs to get the ball in his hands a couple more times, and I think when the offense is struggling, if he's somebody they can depend on, which he seems to be proving that he can be depended on, you're going to see him stay involved. You're going to see them find different ways to get the ball to him and see if he can make a play. I think Ty Montgomery is a guy that really does have some talent. 
that could be a factor in the next few games. From the offensive side of the football to defense here, uh, what happened to the Packers' defense that for the first four games of the year looked like it was one of the best in NFL history in terms of run defense at least? What happened to them against the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, What happened is it turns out that the Dallas Cowboys are really, really good at running the ball. That offensive line of theirs is no joke. And then you put the Ezekiel Elliott in there who – I mean, when's the last time you saw a rookie doing what he's doing? Ezekiel Elliott, all the guys in the locker room were talking about it. He falls forward. He he brings the hit at the point of contact. He really brings it to the defenders. He's a guy that impressed me a lot. And as good as some of the other players that they've gone against, you know, they did, they shut down Adrian Peterson even before he got hurt in the Minnesota game. This might be a different kind of animal than anybody else in the league has got on their sideline right now. I think Ezekiel Elliott, in combination with that offensive line, is pretty amazing and really, really does. Uh, it, it justifies the high pick that Jerry Jones used on him, and a lot of people were snickering at that at the time this last year when they took him in the top five. But man, I got to tell you, the Pat or the, the Dallas Cowboys look like they uh, they've got some offense that. They can run against anybody. Yeah, and combined Dak Prescott as a impressive young rookie there, and it's it's all going in the right direction for Dallas right now, at least. Um, in the, the, only, se- the only problem Dallas has right now is figuring out if they're going to do something with Romo or if Doc, Dak keeps his job. And after last night, I think Dak's got to stay there for a while. Yeah, I do too. I think they got to stick with the young gun. Um, in the secondary, though, how how concerning is the situation at cornerback for the Packers with Sam Shields, Quentin Rollins, Demarius Randall? They're all out with injuries right now. Oh, it's a problem. I mean, I've heard McCarthy say this before. I've heard other guys say this before. It's not only who you play, it's when you play them. Well, right now, if you've got a great passing attack, this is the time you probably want to play the Packers because their passing defense is as banged up as you're going to see across the league. You know, I actually am a, a pretty big fan of, of Ladarius Gunter, but last night he got chewed up and spit out pretty good. Uh, you had a couple slips, a couple big plays went over him. But on the whole, I still think the defense played well. Uh, they just had they had that one slip right before the end of the half, which was was not good at all. I mean, that really put them in a bind. But outside of that, they played pretty good defense considering that, you know, they were dealing with one of the best or the best run game in the league. And they did get passed on some, I think that they can they'll be good this next week. They do need to get those guys back though. Randall and we'll see what happens with shields, but Randall specifically needs to get back in the fold if he can. Yeah. Um, all right. So looking ahead here, Charlie, uh, do, do you think the short turnaround is a good thing or a bad thing with the Thursday night game against the Bears coming up? You know, I don't know that the short turnaround is what is good or bad. I think playing the Bears is good. Right now, they <laughs> need somebody that they can maybe go beat up on. And both of these teams are going to have the same amount of time to get ready for this game. Both of these teams are coming off of losses. And if you're going to tell me you can pick the Bears or the Packers in any game with any period of rest, I think that you're going to pick the Packers this year. So I I think that that's going to be a good thing for this group. Maybe just put this behind them. Obviously, a lot of things went wrong in this game, turnovers and the like. 
look forward, see if you can get fixed what you need to get fixed in the next day or so, and then go throw the ball over the all over the yard. Sounds good to me. Charlie, thank you so much for taking a few minutes this morning after a long night last night. Uh, uh, I'm sure uh, that you put in a long day of work. So thanks so much for talking to us and uh, keep up the good work there at NBC 26. Hey, anytime you guys want to talk football, I'm around. Sounds good. Thanks much. Take care. Charlie Sakaitis of NBC 26 in Green Bay joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Thanks for him for joining us. Thanks for you, the listener, for joining us as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. The Green Bay Packers lose 30-16 to against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. And to wrap up the game, I'm going to give, as I usually do the day after a game, my post-game chips report, blue chips, red chips, and cow chips. And in the blue chips category, it was tough to find candidates for this one, but I'm going to try to find the best players I possibly could during the game. One goes out to Morgan Burnett, and you know what? I didn't think Morgan Burnett would be a blue chip early on when he over-pursued and missed an open field tackle on Ezekiel Elliott. I believe it was in the first quarter or was at least in the first half. But you know what? Nearly everyone on the Packers roster had a bad play, so, so no one out there was perfect. But Morgan Burnett gets the nod because he played basically every snap on defense, 65 of them, plus 75 more on special teams. And, and, you know, the biggest play of the day, or his biggest play of the day, obviously, was the interception that was huge at the time at the end of the third quarter and gave the Packers a chance at that time, that moment in time. It perhaps wasn't a great chance, but it gave them a chance to get back into the game. But on top of that, Morgan Burnett made made a team-high 10 tackles, so reaching double digits. He broke up two passes on the day, and I thought he really played well, uh, apart from that one egregious missed tackle. But, you know, if, if that's just appeared to be a blip on the radar in an otherwise good day from Morgan Burnett. So good for a guy who's been dealing with injury issues to kind of get back on the horse have a good afternoon, make an impact uh, against both the pass and the run. So good day from Morgan Burnett on Sunday. A- and then the other blue chip performer, if I were to go to the other side of the football, um, and, and really I think the offensive line as a unit is deserving of the recognition. But if I had to pick the one guy out that I thought played the best, it was Brian Balaga. And obviously this is prior to injury, but he did play three quarters of the game and did a good job in both the running game and the passing game. And I know this is, you know, I'm trying not just to piggyback off uh, pro football focus, who I know graded him out as the top player on offense, I believe, uh, after the game. Uh, But I did think he played really well. Uh, And the whole unit did. I mean, you really pretty much I, I was thinking, man, I. I basically got to pick somebody out from the offensive line because there was just too many mistakes by everybody else on the offense. Um, but, but you know, I, I think it's appropriate here to just for a second talk about this as well with in, in terms of Brian Blog. We're, we're going to learn, uh, or we, at least we might learn, just how valuable Blaga is 
because after leaving with a back injury, his status is going to be up in the air on this short turnaround, playing another game in just four days from now. And and this may or may not be too quick for, for a guy with a long injury history. For as many issues as Brian Belag has dealt with from uh, his knees to his hips and now his back, I mean, it's it's just every body part he's dealt with something along the way, seemingly. Um, but, you know, he, he sure played well Sunday when he was healthy. He he helped, he helped to open up holes for Eddie Lacy, several of which were on the right side of the offensive line, uh, along with largely keeping a clean pocket for Aaron Rodgers, uh, at least when he didn't scramble for more than five seconds. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, again, had all the time in the world to throw on, on many of his dropbacks, maybe not all of them, but many of them. And so kudos to Brian Balaga, uh, a longtime veteran, for arguably playing the best on the Packers' offensive line. But there were there were several candidates to choose from. Left tackle David Bakhtiari played very well uh, as well after giving up a sack in the previous game, so bouncing back there. Um, so you you could I I couldn't blame somebody for for choosing another member of the Packers' offensive line for this recognition if they wanted to. But I thought Brian Balaga kind of played the best of the group prior to injury. Um, all right, so uh, your red chip performers, the good but not perhaps not great guys. Uh, one goes out to Julius Peppers. And, and the reason Peppers didn't get blue chip status was that he only played 32 defensive snaps, uh, although he did play 10 more on special teams, primarily defending against place kicks. But, you know, when you compare that to a guy like Morgan Burnett, who's out there every play, I thought Burnett kind of got the got the nod as the as the blue chip as opposed to red. Um, and, and plus, you know, Julius Peppers, I know, was fooled on at least one running play, I remember. But you know what? When, when you cut back on a player's snaps, you hope at least they're productive when they do go out there and rush the passer. And that's exactly what Peppers was on Sunday. He was productive. He had the big strip sack that ended in a fumble recovery for the Packers. And that was so big. I mean, that was, you know, very much early in the game when it was anybody's game at the time. And uh, he also generated pressure on a couple other occasions. One of one of the few disruptive forces on the day, forcing uh, Dak Prescott into a rare mistake on the fumble, uh, but also putting pressure on him on a couple times. So uh, good job from Julius Peppers uh, in what was probably the worst performance of the year from the Packers front seven from a pass rushing and run stuffing perspective. Um, some guys played okay. Other guys just played poorly, uh, but got gashed by Ezekiel Elliott for more than 100 yards all around. Uh and, and yeah, a performance they'd like to forget. Uh, on the other side of the football, the other red chip goes to Ty Montgomery. And, and once again here, there there are reasons a player like Montgomery didn't get blue chip status. And, and that was because of the ball security issue. Losing a fumble, albeit the call came on replay that merely stood and wasn't confirmed. But still, he's got to learn from that if he's going to be a bigger part of the offense going forward. 
But you know what? He, here's a guy that led the team in receiving with 10 receptions for 98 yards. So finishing just two yards short of the century mark there. And, and he was one of the few players that got anything going positively on offense. And, and even though he wasn't really effective out of the backfield, he helped bail the Packers out of a difficult situation with both Eddie Lacy and James Starks being banged up. Then he chipped in a 40-yard return on a kickoff, and all in all, it was a really encouraging performance from a guy that you could see playing a much bigger role in the coming weeks. I uh, have to imagine that Ty Montgomery, this it's gonna he may not have this good of a game every week, like 10 receptions and 98 yards. We we can't expect that every week, but I would expect he's gonna be a bigger part of the offense all the time. As you saw, I, I think I saw especially, you know, Devontae Adams still out, was out there and played a role. Uh, but, I mean, Montgomery and Adams had about the same number of snaps. And, and I can definitely see that happening uh, for, for you know, the for the foreseeable future at least. Uh, at least until Ty Montgomery displaces him as the, you know, obvious option. I mean, that, that'll be determined by his play on the field for more than just one game here. But definitely, after this performance, deserving of a continued role of this magnitude. Uh, so, yeah, Ty Montgomery, uh, shore up those fumbling issues and 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 just be part of the a big Packers offense here getting going. Uh, I'd like to see it. I know I would. Um, all right, your cow chip performers then, the forgettable performances, and there there were plenty to choose from in this game. Uh, but the two go out to, first of all, Ladarius Gunter, who uh, we already talked about on the show. He, he gets one for a forgettable day, and he was obviously put in a tough situation, you know, with Shields, Rollins, and Randalls all, uh, all out. But, but Gunter was the guilty party on two touchdown receptions, as well as one long pass play there down the right sideline that set up one of the touchdowns. So uh, in all, he was targeted eight times for 119 yards, according to Pro Football Focus. And and the biggest reason for him getting, you know, struggling on the day, let alone getting a cow chip for me, was is that he was getting caught looking into the backfield and something you saw they they pointed out on the Fox broadcast he doesn't trust his eyes yet it, you know he's he's either he's seeing play action or a pump fake and he's biting on it and you saw Ladarius Gunter on the ground on more than one occasion which was embarrassing how many times you saw that and he needs to learn from these instances going forward because the Packers may have no choice but to rely on him. Uh, because, uh, kind of, if you haven't heard this already, Quentin Rollins has already been ruled out for this upcoming Thursday's game against the uh, Chicago Bears. Mike McCarthy acknowledged that in his post-game press conference, which kind of came out of the blue. Apparently, uh, Rollins got injured in the, you know, that, that Saturday kind of... Uh, final practice that they hold the day before the game so after the Packers had already you know put out their final injury report they had to update it 
with with Rollins being questionable at the time, ends up not playing and and turn it turning out to be here even worse than expected. So he's out for sure. Don't know the status of Demarius Randall and and Sam Shields still dealing with the concussion. I mean, these guys could come back, but not really counting on it. So in the meantime, you know, it, it's going to be Ladarius Gunter and Dimitri Goodson for the time being. So the Packers, you know, going to have to rely on them moving forward here. Uh, so they, they, he really needs to learn from it. And, you know, th- this is obviously the biggest role Ladarius Gunter has ever played in a game, the most snaps he's ever played. So understandably, you know, there, there's going to be those times when a cornerback's going to take his lumps. But he's got to learn from it. He's he's got to you know be able to put this behind him quickly. But also you know look at the film and see what he did wrong so he doesn't do that again. And it's going to be tough. Uh, that's that's a tough habit to break when you're peeking in the backfield and, and things like that. So uh, how how exactly how quickly he can move on from it, we'll see. But. We're going to find out whether he can really quick because he's going to be out there on Thursday against the Chicago Bears. So we're going to learn. And then, of course, as you could probably guess, the other cow chip performer from this game goes to Aaron Rodgers. And it's interesting because the statistics aren't terrible. If you look at the stat sheet, he, he completed 31 of 42 passes. So basically three quarters of his passes. And he had a 90.2 passer rating, which is... You know, oh, that's average, I would say. Uh, not gr- not good, but not bad. Uh, but but the it's it's the turnovers that were killer. The interception was brutal. He just the the ball shouldn't have even have been thrown. Uh, and I don't think he saw the defender there. A- and the fumble came in the red zone, which essentially took points off the scoreboard for the Green Bay Packers. And, and, you know, and then there was another fumble that he, he was lucky, or the Packers were lucky, that got recovered uh, by Jason Spriggs. So, I mean, there were there were three potential turnovers there. Rodgers lost, you know, uh, on the hook for two of them. and uh, but, but he also missed that wide-open touchdown in the end zone to Randall Cobb, one of several throws that were just puzzling off, puzzlingly off-target on the day. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers kind of continuing this streak of subpar play or, or merely at, I should say merely average play. I, I don't want to say subpar yet. He's right now he's an average quarterback and that was kind of the, the, um, the synopsis from Bob McGinn of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel who got a whole lot of attention for his, you know, Sunday column published prior to the game. Uh, about how Aaron Rodgers has fallen from the ranks of elite quarterbacks. And, you know, I think there's there's a lot of people out there, again, who want to put their head in the sand and and don't believe it. But, you know, it, it really wasn't all that that strong of a column in terms of, you know, McGinn said he's not an elite quarterback. He's still good and can still break out of it at any time. Uh, that nobody's, you know, sticking a fork in Aaron Rodgers right now. But I, I think it's very much true. Aaron Rodgers right now over the, his last 16, now 17 games is, is not an elite. He's not part of the top four or five quarterbacks in the NFL anymore. He's not. 
Not to say he can't be, but he's got to prove he can bounce back from this. And it is weird how just all these these throws are are off. They're off target. But you know, poor decision making and the ball security both between the interception and the fumbles. I think when you combine those together, uh, they're really tough. And, um, you know, I, I know the, the lackadaisical attitude kind of rubs people the wrong way, and I'm not sure of what to make of that from Aaron Rodgers. All I know is that if he were to get the job done on the football field, people will accept anything. Uh, but until that happens, you know, he's, he's, it starts with getting the job done on the field and that's first and foremost. And, uh, he's got to start doing that. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers, your cow chip performer, uh, in this game against the Dallas Cowboys. But anyway, here, uh, next segment, the day ahead. All right. So on a Monday here in several interesting things with the short turnaround here, the injury report. Uh, for this upcoming game is already going to come out today. I believe the Packers will be posting injury reports on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And I'm not sure if they even practice today or not, Um, or whether perhaps they just do a walkthrough. I'm not even sure what the Packers do. I'm not sure if Mike McCarthy announced it or what. But, I mean, obviously there's several players where interested in watching the status of here uh you know we already talked about the cornerbacks um in terms of you know uh, Demarius Randall kind of re-aggravating an injury Sam Shields still out with the concussion we know Rollins is out so kind of waiting on the status of some of those guys uh running backs uh and in fact haven't mentioned this yet it's been reported that James Starks actually had surgery on his knee prior to Sunday's game um, we had heard he had a knee injury during practice earlier in the week so that kind of came as a surprise I don't know what kind of knee surgery it is whether it's just simply repairing an MCL which sometimes doesn't keep players out all that long Um, uh, but I mean if it's like an ACL or something like that I mean that could be obviously a season-ending injury I tend to think it's it's something like an MCL because I haven't heard it's going to end James Stark's season or anything like that. But I, I doubt he's going to be available for the upcoming Bears game here. And in which case, on top of waiting for an injury, I think it's inevitable that the Packers are going to have to make a move to add a running back here. And I imagine it's going to be Don Jackson from the practice squad. I, I just... You know, they they don't have many other choices other to to go out and grab like a guy like Brandon Burks who was there with the Packers during the preseason, but he's now been gone for like a month and a half. Maybe they bring him back to the practice squad as kind of an emergency type of guy, but I can't see him coming in off the street now and being part of the Packers offense, whereas at least Jackson has been practicing for the past month and a half with the Green Bay Packers and specifically with even the first string offense in in practice out of necessity last week. So he's at least got that going for him. So waiting for an injury report, waiting for an inevitable roster move here, whether it comes today or tomorrow. Um, So yeah, uh, head coach Mike McCarthy meets the media for his day after game press conference. I believe that's scheduled to start at least the Packers 
The team has it starting at 1 p.m. Central Time, streamed live on Packers.com, as long as that doesn't change. Uh, So busy day for Mike McCarthy because he'll host that press conference and then he'll, you know, host the taping of his weekly television show here um, later in the day. Um, A special mention here, though, uh, on Monday of uh, to tight end Jared Cook, who's hosting a fundraiser on Monday evening for his Dream Builders Foundation, uh, which supports programs in the Green Bay Public Schools. Uh, This is no small thing here. It costs $200 per ticket, but included in it is food and drinks, and it supports a good cause, Um, and it's going to be held during tonight's Monday night football game at Blue Restaurant in Green Bay. It's called Jared Cook's Monday Night Mixer. So if you want more information on this, go to Cook's Twitter account. He has all sorts of information there. As of this morning, it was his latest Twitter post. Uh, at Jared Cook 89. Uh, so there's all sorts of information there about uh, this event uh, and a fundraiser. Uh, so for a good cause. So definitely want to promote that. Uh, but, you know, typical Monday talk show circuit is this bit busiest day of the week here. Uh, I believe it's Randall Cobb's turn to host Inside the Huddle on Fox 11 in Green Bay. That's usually on at, I believe, 5 o'clock p.m. Central Time, streamed live, or, or televised live, I should say. Jeff Janis is the guest on The Game Plan on 96.1 FM in Fond du Lac at 7 o'clock p.m., so you can tune into that. Uh, Demarius Randall was scheduled to be the guest of Ty Montgomery on Clubhouse Live. This was you know, scheduled to be prior to Demarius Randall's injury. So whether or not that's still the case, we'll see here. Uh, but Clubhouse Live from the Clubhouse Bar and Grill in Appleton, streamed live at Packers.com at, I believe, 6.30 p.m. Central Time. It's Chris Banjo's turn to host Inside the Huddle on the Woodward Radio Network. Uh, that's held at 6 o'clock p.m. at Game Day Sports Bar and Grill in Appleton. And speaking of ones out of town, Kenny Clark is going to be the guest on Pack Attack, which tapes at Dale's Weston Lanes in Weston, Wisconsin at 6.30 p.m., even though it airs on Tuesday. And then speaking of pre, pre-recorded television shows, HaHa ha, Clinton Dix is the guest on Larry McCarran, uh, Larry McCarran's Packers Live, which tapes at 6.30 p.m. in the Lambeau Field Atrium at Lambeau Field, so you can be part of the studio audience on Monday. It just doesn't televise till Tuesday, and and there's more. I know the fifth quarter always has a player guest, but I don't know who it's going to be, but that'll be on WTAQ uh, at 5 o'clock p.m. from the stadium view in Green Bay. So all sorts of options to uh, get some player analysis the day after the game. Um, if you need that kind of therapy to hear from the players and hear them rationalize it, some people may not want to hear it, uh, but there you go. It's available to you and that'll do it for today's episode of Railboard Central. Thank you everybody so much for joining us on a, what was a difficult game for the Green Bay Packers, but, uh, hopefully the Chicago Bears will be the, the elixir the Packers need upcoming in just a few days from now. We'll preview the upcoming Bears game with Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. As we do every Wednesday, he'll join us on our next episode of Railbird Central, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, the live edition of the show, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, typically. 
uh, podcasted and on demand later in the day. My call to action is always as usual. If you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. The show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So if you do us a solid, head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Give us that five-star rating and a brief little review. Doesn't have to be anything long, but we'd greatly appreciate it because we think it's a service to Packers fans and helps get word out about the show. We'll see you, folks. Uh, Hopefully you can get through Monday without too many of the blues. Uh, We'll see you in just a few days. Uh, On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiravu. I leave you today with a song called New Country Blues on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack. Go. (laughs) 